Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good morning and welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. Some of you already know that we're studying through the book of Hebrews. This is a Bible in the pew here if you didn't bring one. So wherever you are, wherever you are listening, watching, we appreciate that. We're going to read uh, the whole of chapter 3. And the theme, uh, as it says there in uh, this Bible, Jesus greater than Moses. I put Jesus is far greater than Moses. Okay, let's read verse 1, the whole chapter. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future but Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. So, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. This is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. So see to it. Brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as, as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we have had at first, has, has just been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert, and to whom 
Did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. May God give us understanding of his word this morning. Amen. Let's just open a word of prayer. So Heavenly Father, we know that your word is uh, spiritually discerned. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit and inspired those men to write down your thoughts. It's not their thoughts. It's your thoughts. And help us to understand uh, this chapter in the book of Hebrews and may we be able to apply it practically to our lives and learn. And uh, may we not be distracted but tuned in. And may your Holy Spirit speak to our hearts the things that we will hear and learn about this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Jesus is far greater than Moses. In fact, he's far greater than anybody, amen. Uh, the writer of Hebrews, and we don't know who the writer was. We don't know. We have no idea who wrote it. Some people can speculate all they like and say it was the Apostle Paul. We don't know. He doesn't say who it was, who wrote it. In this chapter 3, uh, he gives various warnings to those who once professed faith in Christ, but now we're in danger of turning back. He's writing to Jewish Christians, and they were you know, those who have been watching and listening to the messages know anything about the book of Hebrews, they're under tremendous pressure to turn back to the old ways, to their old cultural ways and the rituals and follow the, uh, the law of Moses, which is perfect, but nobody can keep it. Uh, Jesus is far better. He completely fulfilled the law because he was the only one that was born perfect. They're in danger of turning back and giving up, like meeting together on a Sunday, on the Lord's Day. Many were... Uh, forced to uh, you know give up everything and they're under tremendous pressure uh, from every side so um, this is why the book was written to try to encourage them to, to stand firm hold firmly to the faith that you once believed in and don't turn back after wandering in the desert um, the Israelites finally came to the border the promised land uh, the border of Canaan, the land of Canaan. And this writer reminds his uh, readers of uh, their ancestors. Remember, he's writing to Jewish Christians of what happened to those that rebelled against the Lord and rebelled against Moses, uh, God's servant. And he's saying, don't do that. Don't be rebellious. Be obedient to what you know to be the truth. So they wandered around in the desert for about 40 years. Finally came to the land of Canaan. So it was decided to send in 12 leaders of the tribe of Israel to spy out the land, and which they did. And, when they, and that was, I think they were there for like 40 days. Coincidentally or not, no. And they came back, and out of those 12, only two gave a good report. And those two was uh, Joshua and Caleb. Some of you got a handout in, in the bulletin this morning, so there's, the, there's your first answer. 
So the rest of them, 10 of them, gave a bad report. Oh, we can't, you know, these, they were like, we were like grasshoppers compared to these giants, you know, they're going to obliterate us. So they gave a bad report. So it showed their lack of faith in God. Or could defeat their, their enemies, no problem whatsoever. So as a result of this bad report that was brought back by those 10 faithless ones, the majority of the nation complained against Moses, God's representative. They complained against God. And they wanted to turn back to Egypt, where God had brought them out of slavery. They'd prefer to go back than move ahead by faith. Uh, they lost their faith in the goodness of God. And instead of trusting him to protect them, they feared for their lives. So as a result of those ten faithless ones, they would wander in the desert for 40 years in the wilderness, going round and round and round. And eventually they perished in the desert due to their unbelief. They would never enter into the promised land that God had promised to them, the land of flowing with milk and honey. Like I said before, only Caleb and Joshua, those two spies out of the 12, those, only those two had real faith in God. They gave a good report. And uh, God decided, because of the ones that did rebel, only those 20 years old and under would possess the land, would go into the land of Canaan, the promised land. All the rest of them, apart from Joshua and Caleb, they would perish in the desert due to their unbelief. You know, Moses, uh, the people of Israel, revere Moses. Have done, still do, to this day. Down the centuries, to this day, they revere his name. It was through him that the people of Israel were led out of slavery in Egypt, God's chosen vessel. It was through him that God gave the law, the Ten Commandments, nobody else, Moses. But the writer of Hebrews explains that Jesus Christ is far superior to Moses and all Moses' accomplishments. In fact, Moses, if you know anything about Moses, he was far from perfect, and none of us are perfect. I know, okay. <laughs> Some are close. <laughs> but um, none of us are perfect. And Moses certainly wasn't. If you know anything about him, you know he killed an Egyptian who was uh, mistreating one of his fellow Hebrews. Moses was a Hebrew, the prince of Egypt. He murdered him. And then he had to run away. Gone for 40 years, actually, to escape judgment. And later, when he led the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, and he led the people in the desert, wandering around, guess what? 
he does what most of us do. Disobeyed God. He disobeyed God. And then, as a result of that, like we all do, we suffer the consequences. Moses himself wasn't allowed to enter into the promised land. Moses, due to his disobedience. So here in uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, the writer agrees that Moses was a faithful servant. Great, he was. He was a great man. But not a perfect example to follow. And if you're looking for a perfect example, and my kids can attest to this, don't look at me. <laughs> look to Jesus Christ, who was a perfect example, who was without sin. He's, he's the perfect role model to follow. Amen? And God became a man in the form of Jesus Christ. He humbled himself and became a servant like Moses, but still remained God. Jesus was not a created being like Moses. Jesus, uh, Moses is just a man. Jesus is the creator. He was the one that revealed his perfect standard of righteousness to Moses, the Ten Commandments. And we've all broken them in one form or another. And that's why it was given, to show us that we're sinners. Right? And we need a saviour to save us. And then Jesus came, the fulfilment of the law. You receive Jesus, you receive his righteousness, and you're saved. You're forgiven of your sins. No one could keep the law of Moses except one, the perfect man, the perfect God-man. Jesus Christ. Only he could keep it. The only person who's ever been born who was without a sin nature that we're born with, passed on from generation to generation, from father to sons, daughters. For those reasons, I mentioned the Jewish Christians should have every confidence in keeping their faith in Jesus, not Moses. Not turn back to follow the law of Moses. No one can keep it anyway, even though it's good. The law is good. God gave it. So the writer, he emphasizes the need to encourage one another to keep the faith. Keep on trusting in Jesus no matter what. Don't turn back. Don't go back. It's a dead end. It leads to nowhere. Not only they can live an abundant life, of faith, but also see the fulfillment of God's promises in their lives. God's got a plan for each and every one of us, assuming we're part of his family. So the writer encourages his readers to stand firm, hold fast, don't turn back, hold on to what they have heard, what they first believed in, what they first trusted in, when they first believed and received Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Verse six, let me read it again. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house 
and we are his house. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are his house if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. Stand firm, hold fast, don't waver, don't turn back. Verses 7 through 14, the writer explains that what can happen when a believer fails, and it's a choice, to keep on trusting in God, to keep on believing in Jesus. So what does he do, the writer? And he's obviously a Jew who wrote this, very familiar with the Old Testament laws and culture, very familiar. He uses the example of Israel's 40-year trek in the wilderness, recorded in the book of Numbers. There's another answer for you, those of you filling in the form, the questionnaire there, in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, which these Hebrew Christians were very familiar with. They knew the history of their nation, very much so. They didn't have the New Testament like we do now. Christ hadn't come, but they had the, they had the Torah. They had the old the book of the law. They had the Old Testament. They knew about their history. So the writer, he, he reminds them what happened to their ancestors by quoting uh, Numbers, chapter 13 and 14. What happened? Understandably, and we hear about the love of God, yes, definitely, God is love. But he's also, it says that God is angry with the wicked every day. It's a righteous anger. And God, understandably, was angry with that faithless generation because all they did was gripe and complain against God's servant and against God himself that provided for all their needs and brought them out of slavery, brought them out of bondage in Egypt. What did they do? They griped. Griped and complained. And they were faithless. And they, the writer is saying, don't be like them. Don't, don't turn your back on Jesus. Like they wanted, the people in Israel wanted to turn back to Egypt. Don't do that. So it's a stern uh, warning. And if you love people, you, you warn them in order to protect them. And uh, he's saying, uh, don't turn back due to your unbelief. Otherwise, you're never going to enter into God's haven of rest like the people in, the, in Israel, in the, in the desert. They never entered into the rest, the peace, the promised land because they didn't believe God's promises due to their unbelief. So let's summarize what we've learned, what we've heard this morning what we've learned today in this chapter, the writer uses the example of Israel's rebellion as a warning to Christians who failed to hold firmly to their faith in Jesus Christ. After the Israelites came out of Egypt, they failed to trust the goodness of God. Just like some people who once professed faith in Christ, and all of us, we could be tempted to lose faith in him for whatever reason. 
You know, we need to expect hardships in life. But no one suffered like Jesus Christ. No one was tempted more than Christ was tempted. And the danger is to be tempted to turn back from trusting in Jesus. Otherwise, we sever our relationship with God. Because he is God. Jesus says, I and my Father are one, not two. And God takes a, a dim view of those who once professed faith in Jesus, yet cease to continue to stand firm and trust him and live as though they never knew him. People can live like that. We have a will. Sometimes we have a stubborn will and we want to do our own thing and not trust him and be obedient. That's the key. That's the key word, to be obedient. So the ancient Israelites, because they didn't trust, they didn't obey, they suffered the consequences. Why? Because they were rebellious. They, they were rebellious. They were defiant and faithless and denied their potential victory like the ones that entered into the promised land. They were victorious. The rest of the faithless ones, they died in the desert. They perished. There's no point even coming out of Egypt. They should have stayed where they were and died in bondage. So Christians are warned. He's, he's writing to Hebrew Christians. But it applies to us. It applies to us today. It's, it's as relevant today as it was when it was first written. People don't change. We're just the same. Christians, we're, we're warned to avoid these choices, to lose faith in the one we trusted in. We don't want to forfeit our spiritual inheritance, do we? There's a statement that says, uh, you probably heard it, once saved, always saved. Have you ever heard that? Well, you have now. Once saved, always saved. The danger in trusting in that is that we can choose to live life exactly the way we want to. But that statement is you won't find it in the Bible. You won't find that statement, once saved, always saved. So how do you know that you're truly saved? Well, if you've trusted in Christ, you've received him as your saviour, then you're saved. I was going to give an example. Some of you uh, have heard about uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. He's the last of the final great rock and rollers. He died recently at uh, 87, I believe he was. And, uh, you know, they made movies about him. And um, his cousin is uh, the evangelist, Jimmy Swaggart. You ever heard of Jimmy Swaggart? Believe it or not. And country singer Mickey Gillis. I don't know much about him. But I do know about Jimmy Swaggart. And Jerry Lee was raised in church. He even ended up going to Bible college. But they threw him out because he was playing rock and roll in the assembly. 
Hey, Jerry Lee, we don't allow that in this here place. So they kicked him out. He's very talented, very, very brilliant uh, pianist, God-given gift. And he died. And Jimmy Swagger, so they say rock and roll, you know, like the devil's music. So Jerry Lee, you know, he served the devil, and then Jimmy, he served the Lord, you know, so they went in two different paths. Well, Jerry Lee was saved. And said, how can he be saved? The life that he lived, anything known about him? And do um, you know the last song Jerry Lee ever recorded? How Great Thou Art. How Great Thou Art. He came back. He, re- he came back to the Lord, having lived a life that he chose. And I can, I can go on. Uh, Jimmy Swaggart uh, spoke at his funeral. Jimmy Swaggart's in his late 80s, 90s. And... Um, Someone asked Jimmy Swaggart, who's the evangelist, he says, uh, he says was, was Jerry Lee saved? And Jimmy says, uh, yes, he was. He said, really? He said, yep. He said, how'd you know he was saved? He said, because he paid his tithes. <laughs> he paid his tithes, and I quote, He paid his tithes, and he said, you don't find that unless among believers. All right? So, hopefully, he's with the Lord. So, don't rely on once saved, always saved. How do you know you're truly saved? By being obedient. This is what Jesus says. He says, by their fruits... You shall know them. By their fruits, you shall know them. Fruits represent the outward manifestation of a person's faith. In other words, works. Thus, behavior and their works. Fruits represent the outward manifestation of a person's faith. Thus, behavior and their works. This is what Jesus said also. Not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So we better not rely on that statement, once saved, always saved. In other words, being obedient to God's word confirms our faith in Jesus Christ. And I'll quote, some of you know, word of Robert Jeffress, highly recommend, he's a great uh, preacher, teacher from Texas. He's written numerous books. And I quote from what he said regarding once saved, always saved, how do you know you're a Christian? And this is what he said. Only professions of faith that lead to expressions of obedience will result in the guarantee of eternal life. You want me to quote it again? I had to write it down. I'd never remember it. 
only professions of faith that lead to expressions of obedience will result in the guarantee of eternal life. We say, well, that's not, that's just his opinion. Yeah, it is, and he's right, though. And I'll close with this verse. If you're not going to rely on Robert Jeffrey's opinion, you ought to rely on what the Word of God ought to say. And uh, this is James, first book I ever preached on when I came to this church. Very practical. Chapter 2, verse 18, says, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? See, faith without works is dead. Amen? Faith without works is dead. It's all, it's all a matter of obedience. You want to keep on keeping on, stand firm and obey what the word of God says and that will guarantee eternal life let's close in a word of prayer Heavenly Father we thank you for this time that we spent together and we thank you for the writer of Hebrews but we know that you inspired that person whoever he was to write these words down and it's just as relevant today as it was back then I think we've discovered that for ourselves quite clearly. So help us not to uh, be like those that rebelled against you, those that lost their faith in you and uh, you were angry with that generation. And we thank you that you are faithful to us and let us continue to trust and obey and continue to retain and stand firm and hold, hold firmly to our faith in you. Uh, you never wavered when you went to that cross. You could have just, you didn't even need to come in the first place and suffer and die in our place. But you never wavered. You set your face like a flint towards Jerusalem and died on that cross. And if, if you were willing to do that for us, we ask you by your grace to help us stand firm and never turn back and to be obedient. And I pray for somebody here today or listening, wherever you may be, listening or watching, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can do that. It's very simple. All you need to do is believe and not be faithless. Believe. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died on the cross for you, a sinner, because he loves you so much. He was willing to go to that cross and bear the punishment that you deserve for your sins. He did it. He died. And the last thing he said before he died was, it is finished. He accomplished what he set out to do and didn't turn back. He died and he was buried and three days later he rose again from the dead and he is alive. And if you call upon his name, the name which is above every name, the name Jesus means savior and there's only one savior 
And if you want to be saved from your sins, if you want peace on earth, if you want a home in heaven when you die, then you need to receive Jesus Christ and call upon his name to save you. And I promise you that he will, if you only believe. Amen. Amen. Oh, God bless you all. Thank you very much. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.